You're listening to the Restoration Nation podcast. This is episode number 20. Education. Collaboration. Motivation. You're listening to the Restoration Nation podcast, the cleaning and restoration industry's premier source for industry news, peer-to-peer interviews, and inspirational content. Join host Joshua Soloway, along with industry leaders, as we take our entrepreneurial journey together. Welcome to the Restoration Nation. Hey, Restoration Nation, Josh here. I just want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Asporta Wash Systems. You may recognize them from episode number two. Asporta is the premier soft contents restoration system for our industry. How do I know that? Well, my family's company, Soilaway, is a certified operator. We invested in Asporta Wash Systems about a year ago, and it's really done wonders for our business. It has helped us increase revenue, improve adjuster relationships, and, to be honest, wow our customers. Who wouldn't want that? I encourage you to learn more by visiting the sponsors page on therestorationnation.com. Here you can find out all about Asporta along with their contact information. And remember, when you get in touch with them, tell them Josh sent you. Thanks, and now back to the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Restoration Nation podcast. Here we focus on education, collaboration, and motivation for leaders in the cleaning and restoration industry. Thank you for spending your valuable time with us. As you know, my name is Joshua Soloway, and I get to host this fun show. In every episode, we interview different leaders from our industry. And today, I'm excited to welcome Mr. Andy McCabe to the show. Andy is a licensed adjuster, disaster recovery expert, and an Xactimate pro. And today for our topic, we're going to be tackling the ever-important topic of invoicing and documentation during the claims process, which Andy is an expert at. And invoicing practice can vary from company to company, and different people struggle with different things. Some people listening to the show might say, oh, I have it down, but I think if we were to peek over the fence at other people in the industry, we'd definitely take the opportunity to learn just and uh, try and improve our own operations. So... That's what we're going to do today, and Andy's going to be sharing his thoughts with us about how to make our invoicing processes better. So with that, I want to welcome Andy to the show. Can you hear me today, Andy? How are you doing? I can. Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate your time. And before we dive into the topic, I always like the guests to just take a moment and give us your background in the industry and tell us what you're up to uh, these days and how you're helping people in the restoration industry. All right. we Will do. I've been in restoration for about 15 years. I started with a company called Dow Columbia out here in Portland, Oregon, and I started at the bottom. I started as a a door-to-door marketing rep. I was doing stop and drops with agents, dropping off flyers and and doing the old marketing dance. And then I started, uh, they got me into water technician school. So I got my WRT actually from ASCR back before the name change. I think that was back in 01 or 02. And then worked up the ranks from there. I've worked for several different restoration contractors over the years in three or four different states. And three years ago now, I decided to break out on my own and start a consulting practice called Claims Delegates. And I help contractors write Xactimate sheets. I help them navigate the claims process. And I also help homeowners from time to time. Uh, navigate that process as well and make sure everyone's on the same page and getting along and that in the podcast and writing a book and things like that yeah so you have tons of free time then right all kinds of free uh, time 
All right, Andy, so let's dive into the topic here, and I kind of want to start with a lighter question first, and then we'll kind of dig into the content. But I think many listeners are familiar with the, the term cooking is an art and baking is a science. So when it comes to invoicing, I think some people might think of it as an art and others might think of it as a science. And I'm just kind of curious what you have to say about the whole deal. I think it's more art than science. Uh, there's the components of an invoice that don't change uh, the measurements, the number of days and equipment that's been on site and things like that. But the art part is recognizing who your recipient is and and understanding that different adjusters, different companies, different carriers have very different requirements when it comes to what's going to pass muster in their in their gateway system of invoicing. So it really helps if you get uh, – you get a head start on that process by knowing who who is going to receive this invoice. Uh, I think I got ahead of you on the questions, but I would say definitely an art more than a science. No, and that answers it perfectly, Andy, and I uh, appreciate that insight. And that, that does kind of segue into what we're going to talk about next. And I'm sure in your experiences you see a lot of different contractors struggling or tripping over themselves with, with their processes for invoices. But if you had to kind of look across the landscape of who you've worked with and who you're working with currently, uh, what are some common themes or challenges that you see in the industry with contractors? Number one challenge is they wait forever to get the invoices out there. And they end up two or three weeks after the loss sending an invoice over the wire and it's, it's just like dropping a bomb on an adjuster. Adjuster has no heads up that this thing's coming, and it's always bigger than what they expect. And the reason guys get so behind is they get busy. They want to go to the next job and the next job and the next job, and invoicing kind of takes a back seat. And, and that's a problem. When, you, when you're batch processing all your invoices and, and your estimates at the same time, it, that delay actually increases the probability that an adjuster is going to find something wrong with your invoice. Uh, so, so the solution – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was, I was going to uh, segue into that. So go ahead with, with the solution or what you've come up with or seen uh, help with this problem. Well, the solution is to get the data and the information back to whoever's going to write that invoice or estimate faster and start working on it every day. Uh, what I've seen is the tendency to to just get real busy, and then at the end of the week, you stack up all the invoices and start writing. And what you need to do is process every day and and get at least a head start on your in invoicing every single day. So block out something at the end of the day and track out there shouldn't be a job that you've been working on that you're don't have an invoice ready or at least an estimate ready a ballpark for the adjuster within three days. And day four, day five, day six, the adjuster is going to be yelling at you, hey, where's that estimate, where's that estimate? And, and the longer you let wait, like I said before, the more scrutiny that invoice is going to receive. If you're given information before they're asking for it, they're going to be thankful and they're going to go, all right, good. Well, I just plug that into my system and go to the next one because they're just as busy as we are. They they're they just want to get this thing off their desk. So if you we can we can plug them with the information they need before they need it, they're more likely to to say, hey, that that was a really smooth process. Let's call them on the next one. 
So I like that. That's good information. And I think contractors, we do, myself included, my company, we get guilty of just getting wrapped up in what we're involved with and how many projects we have. And you really, the adjusters can be your biggest source of business in a lot mm -hmm. of cases. You really want to put their best interests and their needs uh, first. So maybe, is there anything you'd like to add on the adjuster side of things? What are they experiencing in that two to three week gap when we're busy and we forget about that invoice? What are they going through? And, and walk us through that process just so when we drop that bomb on them, just emphasize how impactful, not really in a positive way, but a negative way that is. Well, yeah, we've got to realize that they've got to set their reserves and they've got to do it quickly. So if we put in a four or five or six day delay, they've already set their reserves. And yeah, good, bad or indifferent, we all know that if an adjuster is setting reserves, it's probably not going to be as high as, as if we were setting the reserves. Correct. Uh, so we're actually setting them up to look really bad to their bosses because changing the reserves is is not good. It does not look good on an adjuster's review when they go in and, and, and every single one of their claims, they've set way too low. And, and so we need to enable them to put a realistic number in when they set the reserves. So that doesn't have to be a complete estimate. That doesn't have to be a complete invoice. It needs to be a ballpark. And we need to be giving them a heads up. And, and we're all professionals. You know and I know, day two of a water loss, we know where it's going to go. We have an idea whether it's going to be dry tomorrow or it's going to be dry next week. And we can extrapolate based on what we've done in the first 48 hours and call the adjuster and say, hey, Joe, uh, this thing is just not coming dry. We've got some really, we've got some bound water behind some tile. I don't want to de demo this tile, but I'm going to take seven days to dry it. Here's what I think it's going to cost. The adjuster is going to be way more receptive to that conversation than he is next week when you drop a $10,000 bill on him for what he thought was going to be three. Makes a lot of sense to me. And listeners, I hope if you have to rewind that and listen again, what Andy just said, that is that is so important because the adjuster has a role and responsibility to his company, and we got to be respectful of that and be a part of his team to get the information to him or her as quickly as possible so they can do their job uh, properly and get repeat business from That would be the, the optimal uh, result on, mm -hmm. on our end of things. So, exactly. Andy, thank you for that information. And I'm just thinking here, we've talked a lot about speed and we haven't said the word accuracy, but we've kind of danced around it. Any any kind of <laughs> we're laughing, of course, we know where this is going, but any kind of tools or best practices that are that are being used now that you've really seen, or it could be a service for that matter, that you've seen help contractors in the restoration industry just increase that the speed of their process to help them produce a better product in a quicker way. The most successful companies I've seen have found a way to split up the responsibilities that the traditional company and when I was coming up if you were a project manager you were the project manager you were the estimator you were the collector you were the marketer you were everything else well what's happened is we've been able to divide the labor and the talent more efficiently so what the most successful companies I've seen have a separate person that writes estimates a separate person from the project manager that does collections uh, a separate person that collects the data. So I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, let's start at the water damage level. Water damage uh, technician goes out there, and the most successful companies I've seen 
that technician is very adept and he has the processes and programs in place where he gets so much information on day one that he can then bring that information back, whether it's whether it's on a tablet or on paper, it doesn't matter. That information comes back the same day and then goes straight to whoever is doing who is tasked with solely doing the mitigation estimates. They start their estimates right away. Uh, and mostly there's there's these there's programs that USAA and Crawford and things like that, they need that information. They need those button buttons clicked on day one. Uh, sure. so that during that time, you got a water technician involved gathering the information because he's on the front lines. That comes back to someone who may never ever actually go to the loss, but their task uh, is, for, for better or worse, a, a program coordinator. And that person is different than the reconstruction project manager or an estimator. And once we're able to dial in to specific tasks, we don't get so spread out all over the place. We're actually able to work way more efficiently. And the companies that, that split up the labor and the tasks and responsibilities that way, those guys are just machines. They're, they're just spitting estimates out. They're never behind on their, on their ratings on Crawford. Uh, yeah, State Farm PSP is never ringing them up and say, hey, where's this thing? Where's this thing? Because they have someone solely responsible for that task. No, I, I like that, Andy. It's uh, I thought of the the term, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. Exactly. And that, I guess we'll call it we'll call it the old model where you had, like you said, someone just worked with that client A to Z, but you can really get those people buried, and there could be lack of quality. But if you have more specialized people to do each kind of phase of the job, those are the people that you said are are really successful. Yeah, absolutely. And now we're getting the technologies out there. There's services out there. Uh, my consulting company is one of them that. You don't even have to have an Xactimate writer on staff anymore. If you get buried, and, and say you got one writer on staff that knows how to write Xactimate sheets, but he's so buried he can't even you know, catch his own butt with both hands, you have the capability of shipping that information off to a third-party service that will turn your Xactimate estimates in a hurry. And I think uh, more and more we're going to see that service grow uh, there's several companies out there that didn't even exist two years ago when I started doing it. Uh, if you can sub out your painting and your drywall and your carpet cleaning, why can't you sub out other functions like Xactimate estimating? Sure. No, it's it's a good point. And have you seen people, I guess you you work in the industry so or in that niche in the industry, so what, what are people's uh, reception to that idea? Because that is new, I, I think you would agree. Yes. So, how, how do you think people and, and companies are receiving it? Some guys get it. Some guys are. Some guys just say, "Oh man, thank goodness," because I didn't want to learn that anyway. So my my key clients are the new guys getting into the restoration that that don't have the fifteen or twenty years of experience, and they don't want to go through the same learning curve that you and I did. And and so they just they co-opt that out. And it's it's very efficient for the guys that get it. The guys that don't get it aren't going to get it. You know, they want to keep control of the process. They want to keep everything in-house. I understand that. Uh, I also understand that uh, an in-house estimator and project manager is going to cost a lot more money than than when you outsource something. Sure, and it allows you to scale during those cap modes and all that stuff. So I could I could definitely see some some clear benefits of that kind of service, and that's pretty neat that you're able to carve out that niche. Yeah. And um, 
I would imagine you, you work with these contractors, or you can even take that example that you were talking about earlier, that, that company that's specialized, that has the people in the field, they do the work, they bring the information back to the office, to, to the people that might not ever go to the job site, but they're processing those invoices. I was just thinking of the term, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Mm. How can we combat, you know, for lack of a better description, lousy information or documentation in the field coming into the office and those people are left to kind of fill in the gaps? I'm sure you've seen it with some of the contractors that you work with, perhaps, um, that they give you stuff and you're just like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's three oh, pictures yeah. and, and, a, and a sketch on a napkin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, you're in dangerous territory. When you don't have enough information, you find yourself guessing. Well, that's, that's dangerous. That's, that's borderline. Uh, you could get called out on the carpet uh, by an adjuster or a carrier and say, hey, you were never out there. What is this doing on my estimate? You know, what is this? I was out there and that didn't even exist. Uh, so you don't want to get yourself in a position where you're making stuff up because you don't have good information. Uh, so you need to have a system in place to get to to capture that information. Uh, the franchises, I've worked for a couple of them. They have a couple different systems that overlap uh, each other as far as getting the technicians, water technicians to get good data in. Um, I've come up with a system on my own, and I'm not here to plug that, uh, but it's all about being efficient with your time, and a properly trained water technician that has the proper tools at his disposal, he can turn revenue for your company in excess of $1,000 an hour if he's hustling and following the process. But if you don't have a process, if you're making it up every time you go out, you're making it up again, or you're operating from from memory or shooting from the hip, you're you're operating incredibly inefficiently and you're opening yourself up to forget very important things. So I guess the answer is systemize, systemize, systemize. Um, you want to make it so you hand some hand a package or hand a tool, uh, whether it's a tablet with with a program on it or whatnot. You hand it to the guy that's going out in the field and he can't help but do it right because it's so simple. And it's so straightforward. Uh, and I've seen a lot of guys that are making it up every time they go out, and their consistency on their estimates is is terrible. It's it's varies so widely that that adjusters don't know what to expect. And that's the last thing you want. You want consistency. You want the adjuster when he calls you, he knows what to expect because the last three were within you know whatever percentage of the last one. You know, he knows he's going to call you and he's it's a three bedroom or three room water loss. It's going to be, you know, whatever it is, seventy five hundred bucks because the last two were seventy five or eight thousand dollars. If you don't have the consistent systems in place, um, you need to you need to find it. You need to find something that works. And there's a lot you know, next month, next couple of months. We're going to see some pretty robust documentation systems hit the market. I'm excited to see what happens. No, that sounds great, Andy. I uh, that'll be neat when those get rolled out too. Do you have a sneak peek that you want to share with people? Or are we not allowed to? <laughs> well, I've got, like I said, I don't want to plug my product too much, but I've got a system, a twenty-step system that I believe heavily in, uh, and uh, that's the twenty-four hour tech, and I, that'll be out next month. Uh, and that's a that's a paper system. That is a as a foolproof. Here's your paper. Photocopy it as many times as you want. Um, 
you can use it even if there's no internet uh, or cell coverage, and that's what I was aiming for because too many times you get electronic, you rely too much on an electronic system, and it fails you when there's no power, there's no connection, there's no internet, uh, and everything, especially in the big cat situations, you can't rely on uh, there being infrastructure at all. Uh, but uh, there's, I know Drytech is coming out with a very robust system that they're gonna uh, they're gonna show at RIA in May. Uh, there's a company called Reps uh, that is coming out with a a system for documentation and in the field. Uh, it's tablet based, uh, and that's just the that's just the three that I've touched on this last week. There's there's about three or four companies coming at the market to help restoration guys document their losses better. And I'm excited to see it. No, it's so important, Andy, and, and thank you for sharing that stuff because it seems like, you know, we've both been in the industry for a little while now, and it I don't know if it's just me, but I don't think it is. It seems like the administrative side of the business just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more burdensome and oh, more yeah. burdensome. Oh, yeah. And, and you just, you know, we can't all be reinventing the wheel every every two weeks. It's great to leverage resources to help our operations uh, continuously improve and just keep up because the, the industry is not slowing down, I don't think. Uh, would you agree? <laughs> no, it's not slowing down, and there's more and more information and more and more tasks that are being pushed onto the restoration contractors that used to be part of the adjuster's responsibility uh, with third-party administrators and IAs um, going the way they're going. We're only going to have to up our game more just to keep the status quo. No, I completely agree. So, no, thank you, Andy, for, for all that insight. And we, we're starting to wind down, but we have a couple more questions that I'd like to address. And sure. This one cha changes the subject a little bit, but I know it's a question that gets brought up a lot, and you'd hear a lot of different answers. But we'll just go with this. I mean, any best practices that you would like to share for our companies listening uh, when they have to respond to adjusters, I guess, dissection of an invoice? So you mm. submit your invoice, and they just shred it, send it back to you, said, I'm not paying for this, this is junk, or... We all get the point, but uh, any best practices on how to respond to that and and kind of have a good solution? The best offense is a good defense, and in situations like that, I always go back to the contract. You know, what did my contract say? And if I'm flying willy-nilly uh, with a handshake and a wink and a nod contract with my owners and my property you know, property owners, that estimate is not going to be based on anything solid and defensible. So I go back to the contract and say, if a adjuster says, well, we only pay for four days, you know, four days of drying in a week or four days, you know, four days is a week. And I said, I'm always, a, I'm a five day a week guy. Uh, and I go back and say, okay, well, here's my schedule of fees. There's an air mover for $27 a day. Oh, and there at the bottom, there's right next to the signature from my client, it says uh, weekly rental is equal to five days. If you've got that in writing, there's there's very little the adjuster can say besides, you know, oh, bah humbug, I guess I'll pay it. But if you don't have that in writing, you don't have a solid contract in place, um, you are laying yourself at the mercy of the adjuster. And um, and of course, accuracy is key. If you go out there, don't don't wag stuff. Make your measurements tight. Uh, don't put any fluff in there. There's there's a game that we used to play a lot, and that was put in something easy that you know the adjuster's going to see and take away so they can feel like they're doing their job. That is that is an old-school thought. Uh, 
that is an old school process because nowadays gestures don't want to mess with it. They don't have the time to mess with something like that. And what that actually does when they see a gimme, you know, any good adjuster is going to see a gimme. They, that's a red flag for them to go start digging deeper into your estimate and, and find the stuff that you really you know, maybe not did, maybe messed up on. But, in the end, you've got to come to a common ground. You've got to find a way where you can do the work profitably, your client is satisfied with your work, and the adjuster can get through his multiple audit process. So there are a lot of times where you have to acquiesce reasonably to, to some requests, and they're usually not, not too bad. Um, I think we all fought the overhead and profit on cleaning uh, back in the day, but now we're, okay, well, we know there's built-in profit in cleaning, so we're going to give that back. We're not going to put overhead and profit on the cleaning items. But there's there's other items, like I said, the, the four days versus five days of week rental. I'm never going to give that up because that's going to set a precedent. I'm, I'm not going to do something that's going to set a precedent that's going to hurt me later on down the road. Um, and... I think you there's a point where you've got to hold your hold your ground. I don't I don't know what's your take on that. I think what you said about the uh the the gimmies or or just throwing things in just to make the adjuster feel like they're doing their job. I mean, I I see that point and you know, I think transparency and keeping your cool and just open communication between the parties usually it ends up in a very reasonable Result. I mean, with my firm, I think we, we, you know, we always have bumps in the road, but for the most part, there's very few invoices that, that get kicked back or get balked at. You just have to, uh, you know, follow the standards of care with what you're doing in the field and, and just document it accurately. And usually there's, there's not a lot of issues. I mean, I think we're, thankfully we're, we're kind of past that point and I'm almost thinking maybe five, 10 years ago, we had a lot of these situations, but oh, yeah. really as you get more and more experience, you, you almost forget those issues because you've just ironed out your process so much that you don't even remember what the problems are. It's just, you do what's right and it just works. So yeah. um, I don't goes, know if that answered your question. <laughs> yeah. That goes back to, that goes back to the very beginning subject is, is communicate early what the expectation is. Yeah. And, and don't surprise anyone. Don't surprise the adjuster with your invoice. And, and, you're going to get a whole lot better response uh, from that. And so if, if you communicate with them really early on and say, hey, this, is, this job is, let's say it's, this job is 15 miles outside my regular service area. I've got added labor. And you tell them on day two, I'm going to add labor on this. I know this is not part of your usual program that you don't like to do, but I've got to do it. You have that conversation before you even write your invoice. And then it, then your invoice doesn't get dissected. Whatever you decide at that point, then you stick to your agreement and put that in your estimate. But at least you have a chance to get it instead of fight about it. Right, right. Communicate early. Yeah. And then don't surprise them at the end. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And a good offense is a good defense, right? <laughs> Amen. Go Cats. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> But cool, Andy. This no, this has been a great interview. There's there's a ton of insight here, and I know people are going to listen to this over and over again. And I'm sure they're taking notes and just it, some people are probably pulling their hair out, saying, "I make this mistake, make that mistake." But that's what this show is all about. It's all about sharing ideas with with leaders in the industry, and so everyone can improve and benefit from it. And uh, I know the listeners have today. But um, I do want to wrap this up. 
and if if you don't mind, as the listeners are accustomed to, they, we always have our guests share a positive quote and also a, a favorite business book that, that you've read. And I think you have that prepared for us today. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing that, I'd, I'd love to get that out there for the audience. Absolutely. The, uh, the quote's a, more of a question is, is, do you know why they don't put rearview mirrors on golf carts? It's because the last shot doesn't matter. It's all about moving forward. Settle down over the ball and take the next shot and forget about the past. I, I keep that in mind when I make mistakes because we're all going to make mistakes and we can't let them eat us up. we got to learn from them and move on. Hit the next shot. And one of my favorite books I've read recently is by Simon Sinek. It is Leaders Eat Last. And that goes into the motivation and leadership styles of successful companies versus leadership styles of, of unsuccessful companies. And it really it opened my eyes to uh, some really good approaches to, to how best to do business. Very cool, Andy. Thank you for preparing that for our audience. I know that's a, that's a nice question there you asked. That's, that's pretty good to reflect on about the uh, golf cart and the rearview mirror. So yeah, thanks for coming up with that. Lastly, let's close out. You know, The audience, I'm sure, has enjoyed listening to you. How can they reach out to you or learn more about Claim Delicates? Uh, maybe share a little bit about uh, what you do more into that business and then how people can reach out. Yeah, I'm a licensed adjuster who also writes Xactimate estimates. Uh, so I'm a claims consultant that does a whole lot of different things. Website is claimsdelegates.com or contractorsclaimservice.com. And I can be reached at andy at claimsdelegates.com or 888-745-7568. And look me up on LinkedIn, andy at claimsdelegates.com, and I'm open to connecting with anybody in the restoration field. It's It's been it's been a wonderful industry to me so far, and I really believe strongly in giving back. Cool. Well, there you have it, everyone, listeners. Uh, on behalf of the whole audience and the Restoration Nation, we want to thank Andy McCabe from Claims Delegates, and we couldn't thank you enough for being on the show. Terrific information, insight, and definitely a challenging interview that I know a lot of people will benefit from. So thanks again, Andy. All right. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thanks. And listeners, don't forget to visit therestorationnation.com. We'll have all our show notes there. And don't forget to check us out next week for another great interview from another leader in the restoration industry. Education. Collaboration. Motivation. You've just listened to the Restoration Nation podcast. Make sure to visit www.therestorationnation.com for show notes, resources, and other valuable content. Visit the Contact Us page to provide feedback, request an interview, or inquire about sponsorship. Thank you for spending time with the Restoration Nation.